Our Father God, we come to you now this time humbled and grateful. Thank you for this opportunity to be able to come together, uh, to worship you, to praise you. Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for all the hard work that goes into times like this. Um, and God, we do want to pray for those who are ill or, or need special prayers, Father, um, like Sharif and his family. Be with them, Father. Help them. What a uh, phenomenal family, couple. And uh, God, um, pray that you be with them. Help them during this time. Bring the healing, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today, I want to, uh, we're going to get into the word here, and we're going to talk about walking by the Spirit. And it's a concept. Um, and, and concept sermons are a little bit, in my opinion, a little bit harder uh, because you're trying to, you're trying to um, bring a concept, and then you can preach about it, and you can walk away uh, from a sermon like this with uh, something to chew on. And you're really thinking about that. And I appreciate, uh, always appreciate meeting uh, with different parts of the church. Like today, we have the Southwest uh, uh, region and meeting with the newly formed Central Ministry, Central ministry uh, part of the Northwest Ministry. We have uh, split the Northwest uh, region into two worship services. Um, probably about 100 people have gone up to Denton. Uh, Argyle, Denton, Little Elm, Frisco, um, and going up into the Denton. And so I think it's going to be really exciting uh, for them. Um, I think the central group, you know, uh, the rest of the group south of Denton is, is probably going to look like, okay, what happened? I mean, now today we're together and it's like, oh, it's great with the Southwest. It's awesome. I get to see people in different parts of the church, like Uche and Tiffany, all the way from Sherman, whatever it is, um, Oklahoma, I'm sorry. Um, and so it's always encouraging to see other people in, in different parts of the church. But, you know, next week for the, for the central ministry, it's going to be challenging because you're going to be like, what happened to everybody? And what's going to happen is that it's going to allow us to grow more. Amen. It's going to allow us to focus on discipling and to reaching out. And when we do have people that come to our house churches, our Bible talks, uh, Sunday worship service, um, it's going to be a lot smaller group. No one's going to be able to hide. <laughs> so James, no hiding anymore. Amen. So I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, so we'll talk more about that as a church, uh, but uh, I'm really excited about the, the future uh, of what we're doing. So today, again, I want to get into a concept, walking by the Spirit. And the last couple weeks um, in, the, in the Northwest region, I've been uh, talking about doing a study on the book of Galatians. And the reason I did it is because... Um, over the course of the last probably 10, 15 years, at times, uh, there is what I would call a, a messianic type um, thought process, um, a Torah emphasis. Um, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that, you know, well, hey, look at the law and let's bring it into Christianity. And the book of Galatians and Romans deals with this, talks about this. And what happened is that in the book of Galatians, Paul, in, in this region of churches, these false teachers have come into an area, Judaizers from Jerusalem, and they're basically preaching this Jesus plus, a little bit of the law, 
And if you hold on to this little bit of the law, this will help you make it. You're going to achieve ethical perfection if you hold on to a little bit of this law. And in this situation, it was circumcision. In our situation, we don't want to go that way. Well, you know, just, just observe this holy day, that's all, or do this. We don't want to have to go too far, but the concept's still the same. And so the false teachers go to the Galatian disciples, and, and basically they're presenting two things. He says, one, it's a lifestyle that's governed by Torah and Jesus. Jesus plus obedience to Torah. Or what's going to happen is that you're just going to have a lifestyle that gives over to, how do you, how do you say it, license? License? Just, it's licentious. It's licentious, is that correct? Barb? Freedom, no restraints. Licentiousness. Before you throw the first stone. And I'm going to get to that here in a minute, too. Licentiousness. All right. So what does that mean? It means the power to do as you see fit, as you please. No physical restraints. And that's what the Torah teachers were saying. He goes, if you don't hold on to Torah, then you're just going to go and do whatever you want as a disciple. Freedom in Christ. And Paul writes this letter. And he writes this letter to disciples whom he loves. And he's frustrated. But he gives them a middle ground. A third way of life. Than the two extremes that the Taurus, the Judaizers, the legalists are given the Galatian churches. And we'll pick it up here in Galatians chapter 5. Verse 13, he says, you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you will not be consumed by one another. So what Paul is saying here, he goes, yes, you were called to freedom, but not for the flesh. Seven times in the book of Galatians, in this short period of time, he brings up this other concept called the flesh, sarkeus. And, it's, and it basically depicts, it's, it means body, but it depicts the flesh as worldly, fleshly, it's uh, temptation, weakness, sin. You know, it identifies with the inner person, the essential self. And this flesh that he's dealing with, he's talking about. And in the Judaizers' minds, it's either you have to beat it or you give in to it. Either you have to control it with Jesus and a little bit of the Torah, or you... Jesus, and just, you're going to do whatever you want to do. You have this freedom now. You know, I think it's so easy to draw lines in the sand. It's so easy to, to create structure and say, we got to live within this, these bounds. And if we don't live within these bounds, we're not going to be disciples. 
Or it's easy just to give in to your sinful pleasures, your, your flesh. Just give in to it. You have freedom. Do whatever you want. And what Paul says in his letter, he goes, neither one of these are right. And he introduces the third way. He says, yes, you are called to freedom, but not for the flesh. You have freedom to love, and you have freedom to walk. You have freedom to serve and love one another, and you have freedom to walk by the Spirit. And you think about that. It's like, okay, in Paul's mind, he goes, no, 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 no. It's not so easy to have boundaries, to, to have Torah, or to give into your flesh the freedom. He goes, no, you're free, but it's to love, to serve, and to walk by the Spirit. And so he says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, he says, but I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For those who, for these are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So he tells them, he goes, again, it's a concept. What does that mean? Freedom. Loving. Okay, we, we talk a lot about loving and serving. And I think, you know, in the church, I think we have a pretty good understanding of, okay, yeah, I am called to, to love and serve and find ways that I can serve my brothers and sisters and love the lost. And, and I think overall, we're doing an okay mindset with that. We can always improve. But I think we understand that thought. But what does it mean to live or to walk by the Spirit? Well, I think Jesus addresses it. Now let's look over to John. Let's look at the story of Jesus, John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verse 53. And they went each to his own house. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now what's going on here is that, is that Jesus is in Jerusalem, and it's during the, the Feast of the Tabernacles. The feast of the, of the um, what do you call them? Booze. And so literally everyone in Jerusalem are living in these little booths during the, the feast of the tabernacle. And it would be like you guys leave your apartments, you leave your homes, and you make these little booths of stick. And everyone's living, like all of us would be living, maybe in a room like this, and all in these little booths. And so we're going to be really nice and crowded with each other. Imagine. <laughs> kind of like the special song, Imagine. <laughs> so each went to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, I think what he's meant there, each of their own house, your own booths, because this is the temple. This is during, when everyone's together. Early, and you see that in chapter 7 in John. Early in the morning, he came up again to the temple. All the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught into adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? They did this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. 
Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote in the ground. And when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. So you have these legalists, nominalists, nominalism, holding to a moral cord, cold, cold, code. Okay, I'm not going to go there. Amen, all right? And then you have those who worship the Lord in freedom. Come what may, anything goes. And you have a clear example in these two, this story about Jesus. You have the scribes and the Pharisees trying to bring a charge against Jesus, using the law of Moses against him, the legalist. And they say, what does the law say? Well, it says stoner. That's easy. The law says this, you must do it, we have this around us, we're holding to these principles. What do the principles say? Stoner. It's really easy. Simple. And then you have this woman caught, involved in adultery. And again, imagine this. I mean, caught in adultery, and she says, her mentality is, I'm free to do whatever way I want to, and she's caught. How can I say that? Because, again, it's, it's just either at the very end or during the temple of the feast, the booths. So she probably was most likely having an adulterous relationship in one of the little booths that it was probably really easy to figure out that she was involved in an immoral in, in relationship. Everyone was doing it. I mean, living in the booths. They were going through the motions, living in the booths. And, it, you know, and I'm going to live in the booth, and I'm going to go have sex with someone who's not my spouse. Doing it her way. And it says she got caught. Here's the challenge. Both are guilty. Both were fulfilling the desires of their flesh. One, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, is saying, I want rules. I want guidelines, boundaries. I want, I want things simple, that if I do this, this happens. And the other one, well, I want to hold on to the way I want to hold on to. I want to worship God my way. And maybe I just go through the motions, and yeah, I'm in the booths, and yeah, I'm, I'm acting one way, but I'm giving in to my flesh. Anything goes. And Jesus, like Paul, introduces another way. So what does Jesus say? Jesus says two statements. He goes, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. He who is without sin, you be the first one to throw the stone. And we know the story. The older ones left first because they got it and then the second statement was go 
and from now on, sin no more. And so what does Jesus introduce here? We're all guilty. Maybe the older ones of us get it quicker because we've been around longer and and we have a lot more relationships and we realize how we fall short daily. And Jesus not only introduces the thought process that we're all guilty, but then he also introduces repentance, mercy, love, a second chance. (laughs) What? She's guilty. She's caught. The rules say that she must be held accountable. Stoner. You know, there's there's something happened in my life that just shows this story so well. You know, I was dating Patty. We're on our way to go visit my grandparents. She had a new car, a nice car, so we were driving her car to Iowa. I was driving because I'm the man. (laughs) She was sitting next to me holding, you know, sitting next to me. I'm driving her new car. I'm going downhill. I've got dire straits playing really loud on the radio. And for those of us who don't know dire straits, I want my, I want my. That's exactly right. Oh, it's one of the best guitarists, drums. Oh my gosh, I love that. And so I'm cool. I'm driving my girlfriend's car. I got my girlfriend. I'm listening to Dire Straits. I'm going down a hill. And in my freedom, I notice a cop coming towards me. And in my freedom, I look in the rearview mirror and I see that cop turn around. And in my freedom, I got caught. I wanted mercy but I got the law. (laughs) You know, I really do feel sorry for women because they have to put up so much with stupid men. (laughs) You know, imagine the impact. Imagine the impact for those present. The opportunity to consider. You know, you have the scribes and the Pharisees, and Jesus challenges the scribes and the Pharisees, the legalists, to evaluate their ways. You're so focused on manipulating me. You're so focused on manipulating other people that you're not even thinking about your own sin. And see, Paul, Paul Paul understood that because when we we read earlier, he goes, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's what the law was for, was to learn how to love. To love your neighbor as yourself. 
And then you have the woman. She also, too, is challenged. But she's given a chance to repent. She's caught. The scribes and the Pharisees want to condemn her, but Jesus doesn't. She, he gives her a second chance. You know, back before I got back in the ministry, when we were up at the Carrollton building, there was a couple, sharp, sharp young couple. And um, I don't want to get too much because some people might remember them. But they fell into impurity, immorality. They went and eloped. And they, were, they left for a couple weeks. And, you know, everyone knows me. I have ADD. And if I'm not up here preaching, being made to stand up front, I'll be walking around and doing this or that. And, and for whatever reason, when church was starting, I was out in the, the vestibule. And, and I looked out, and, and everyone was in church. Everyone was parked. Everyone was worshiping God. And here comes the couple coming back to church and I, I looked at them and I'm like oh, I'm so glad they're here but I guarantee it they're gonna feel weird coming back to church so I walked out talked to them out in the outside encouraged them it's good you're here we'll deal with this we'll deal with everything just love, just love, and let's work through this. They came in. They got restored. Eventually, they actually went on a mission planning. And you imagine this woman was given a second chance. You know the, the sad situation in this? You don't hear about this, it's, but it's the man. He's not present. He has, he's given no chance to consider his ways. In his mind, he probably thinks he got away with it. He wasn't dragged in front of Jesus. And you can sit there and it's like, well, why did they drag her? Well, come on, sexism. I mean, that's what happened. They caught her. It's easier to drag a woman in front of a crowd. But at the end of the day, who got the second chance? The woman. Man, silent. He thought he got away with it. He had no chance to consider his ways. So Jesus is saying, are you going to do it your way? Or are you going to do it my way? Consider. And see, that's what Paul is doing to the churches in Galatia. He's calling them, in your freedom, yes, we have freedom. Will you love and walk by the Spirit? Or are you just going to gratify the desires of the sinful flesh? The choice is yours. So let's look at Galatians. Chapter 6, verse 7. You know, there's a couple scriptures that, that say this. Do not be deceived. Why do you think that's there? <laughs> Everyone else can be deceived. Not me. 
everyone else. But I'm never deceived. I'm always on it. I'm always intuitive. I always understand. I always get it. No, no. We're all, we're, we all can be deceived. Paul says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whoever, whatever one sows, that he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the life will from the spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. There's so much in this verse. Let us not grow weary of doing good. You know, there's a couple in my mind that, that, that I just think about when I think about this verse. Do not weary of doing good because at the proper time. You know, I've known Tony and Jesse Hurd 35 years, probably 35 years. Up in Chicago, used to disciple him. Realized that, man, we're, we're, we're in a spot. And we're like, hey, you need to go back to school. They went back to Ball State, both got their masters, graduated. And they're like, what do we do? And they moved to Texas. They moved like a mile from our house. And for 10 years, loving our spouses, loving our kids, reaching out, Having a Bible talk, just, just loving people, literally, 35, 40 years. Tired. A lot going on. But he's still fighting the fight. They're still fighting the fight. And I look at them, and I'm like, here's someone at the proper time, at the right time. Don't give up. We have other people. We have other people of the same mentality. But I just think of Tony and Jesse as someone is like, they're still, they're gonna, they're lifers. Okay, I did it. Now you owe me lunch. Amen. All right, so all right. Uh, I don't encourage people. I mean he, he said, I'll buy you lunch if you encourage me during church. That's all. I mean, yeah. No, no, I didn't. He didn't do that. A couple of you. Are there. So let me ask you a question. What nature are you sowing? What nature? What spirit? Are you walking by the spirit? Are you doing it Jesus' way? Are you introducing to that third rail? Or is it the flesh? Oh, I got to have either legalism or I'm just going to give in to whatever I want to in my freedom. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Just understanding what is the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, 
sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, robberies, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and, and things like these. I warn you, as I did, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, Paul just says, finally, it says, you know what, let's just talk about what sin looks like. And again, last week I talked about the concept of sin, and I, and I, really, I really hate that word now because I think it, it, it's, it's, it's hurt people's understanding of what sin is. Sin, the, the sin, the Greek word actually just means to miss the mark. It's like if you're shooting in archery, and it means just you're missing the mark. You're short. You're missing the mark. You're not, you're not being what God has designed you to be. You're missing the mark. And at the end of the day, guess what? We all miss the mark. I don't want to miss the mark. I got to do it Jesus' way, not my way. And, and so you look through this list, sexual morality, actually divide, Paul divides it up in like, like four sections. The first three are sexual. He says, he says sexual morality, basically all forms of illicit sex. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of sex we're talking about. It's, it's missing the mark, missing the mark. Impurity, it's a broad term. Moral and cleanliness and thought, word, and deed. Debauchery, open, shameless, brazen display of these evils. Then he talks about two religious <laughs> missing the marks. And that's idolatry and witchcraft. Idolatry, the worship of pagan gods, bowing down to idols. Certainly back in then, male and female prostitution. Witchcraft, which is where we get our word pharmakia. In ancient times, the worship of evil powers was accompanied by uh, use of illicit drugs to create trances. And then eight societal ways that we miss the mark. Hatred. In the plural form. Basically, it's a primary feeling of enmity between groups. I hate you because you. Not me, you. Discord, well, it's the natural result of hatred. We're all, we got our own groups. Jealousy, not in the godly form here, but in the sinful form. It's the self-centered. It's me. It's about me. Fits of rage, outbursts of temper, dissensions and factions, quarreling over issues and personalities, causing these hurtful divisions, and envy. Envy is the, a strong and evil feeling, a wrongful desire to possess what belongs to someone else. And then the last two are associated with alcohol, drunkenness, excessive use of strong drink by individuals, and orgies, it's the drunken carousing. And then, and then it just ends it with this statement, and the like. There's so, so much more that could be written. <laughs> and I remember when I was, when I was studying the Bible, Someone asked me if I wanted to study the Bible. And I remember them asking me, and I was like 21 years old. I was going to chiropractor school. And I'm like, study the Bible? Get out of here. Guys our age don't study the Bible. That's either for really young kids or really old people. But I thought about it for a second. And I go, you know what? I've been thinking about the Bible. And I've been thinking about God. Ah, let's get together. And the more I started reading the Bible, the more I realized I wasn't doing it. I remember sitting down, 
And the dude pulled out Galatians 5.19 on me. And he goes, Todd, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, do 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 And he looks at me and goes, well, Todd, you ever been in sexual moral before? I'm like, mm, yeah. You know, have you ever, you know, impure? Oh, yeah. You know, you ever have any, uh, you know, like uh, homosexual relationships or anything like that? I'm like, what? You ask me what? And inwardly, a fit of rage. How dare you ask me these questions? Because I had my boundaries. Yeah, which is so funny. Which is so funny because, you know, some things were sin, but other things were like, yeah, in my freedom. And I sat there because it started sinking in. And I'm like, dang, I'm doing every single one of these. And if I continue to live like this, I'm, I'm falling short. I'm falling short. I'm falling short. <sighs> then began the, the decade of ignorance. But at least I got in the game. <laughs> oh. So if you don't know what they're clapping about, you have to come back to church more often. Amen. <laughs> then Paul talks about the fruits of the Spirit. He goes, okay, if you were walked by the Spirit, you've got to understand what, what, what's the fruit of the Spirit. And, and basically it's a singular. The fruits of the Spirit, you know, you have nine things here. But it's singular. It's fruit. So it's not like, oh, well, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. That means, oh, okay, you know what? Well, I'm growing in love. Or I'm growing in kindness. Or, or maybe someone says, well, I'm growing in gentleness. <laughs> no, it's all of them. You don't grow in one. It's singular, fruit. And this is the fruit of walking in the Spirit. In other words, what Paul is saying is that if you're walking by the Spirit, all of these things are happening in your life. You're growing in all of these. Like love. It's the foundation of the graces. Joy. That deep, abiding, inner rejoicing which holds on to the promises of Christ. And it doesn't depend on the circumstances. Peace. The inner repose and quietness, even in the face of adverse, adverse circumstances, like joy. You know, the second grouping is not the foundational, but what it does, it, it reaches out to other people. It, it, it's fortified by love, joy, and peace. And so now we have patience. It's a quality of forbearance under hardship, provocation. No thoughts of retaliation, even when wrongfully treated. Kindness, benevolence in action, goodness, uprightness of the soul, and as an action reaching out to others to do good even when they don't deserve it. 
And then the last three, these last three graces guide the general conduct of the believer. Faithfulness. Quality that renders a person trustworthy, reliable. Gentleness. Submissive to God's word. And who is considerate of others when discipline is needed. And then self-control. No mastery. Self-mastery. Self-control. And see, these are the things that all of us who have made a decision to be a disciple of Jesus, to walk in the Spirit. We get the love. We get the love of serving one another. We get the love. To, we get the understanding of love our neighbor as ourselves. Okay, I get that. Okay, now you got to walk by the Spirit. It's a little bit challenging now. Because I can act like I love you. But am I gentle? Am I kind? Am I patient? Do I control myself? Do I really love? And see, those who have made a decision to be a disciple are growing in this fruit. And you know what it says? There's no law. There's no law against these things. It's kind of like when Paul says, and the like. There's a whole list of things. He ends this section with, there's no law against these. No one's going to create a law against goodness. But they will against whatever. Then lastly, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Last three weeks, I've always gone back to this scripture. For those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Crucified. That's hard. That's difficult. So I hope here this morning, before we take communion, I pray that all of us will just consider. Now don't, don't be pulling out those little things. You're going to be fighting with them plenty here in a minute. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start on it so I can... You know, I can open it up before they pass the bucket to collect it. Go ahead and finish your last point, Todd. Here, throw me that thing real quick, man. So what you do is you, you flip it open, and then you peel it back nice and slowly. See, like that? And see, ah, there's a way to do it. Ah. And for all of those who are part of the DFW Church, you understand how this can bring out the sinful nature in us. <laughs> Anger! <laughs> but what flesh do you have to be open about? What, what desire, what passion of the flesh do you need to crucify?
What, what, what relationship, what brother, sister do you need to get help and say, man, I, I, I need to be open about this because I don't want to feed this. I want to live by the Spirit. I want to walk by the Spirit. I want to do it God's way, not my way. Paul, and he's talking to those disciples whom he loved, Torah doesn't work. But neither, neither does taking advantage of your freedom. Jesus is like, Torah doesn't work. But neither does taking advantage of your freedom. Mercy, kindness, love, serving, walking by the Spirit. That's the, the way Jesus wants us to live. So I pray as we take communion, we'll consider how much God loves us, how much he wants us to be growing in this fruit of the Spirit as we live the rest of the days on this earth. Let's go to God in prayer.